And we're on. Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad. This week, as ever, joined by my co-host, AD. How you doing? Uh, in the new studio, mate. Absolutely. New, new studio, new background. Yeah, it's looking good, looking good, mate. Took over ownership yesterday. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I should I'm... point out, if you are watching over on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button. That's um, the important part as well, the subscribe, so you can keep up to date with our content. Absolutely. Because who would want to miss it? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, mate. We, we talk. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you good though, mate? Yeah. Yeah, really well, mate. You? Yeah, good. Look, so look, we've um, we've done a number of these podcasts now since we started doing it at the start of this year, and I've taken little bits from everyone that we've that we've had on, but this one, Tilly, is for you, the single man. One second. This is not not you, Siri. Shut up. Um, yeah, this one's for you. Uh, so look. Um, again, and again, actually, weirdly, this is two in a row from the UK. So normally we have everybody from the US. Um, but yeah. We're having a break. We're, we're trying having to grow our home talent, aren't we? Keeping it stateside. So let me introduce tonight's guest. Lily, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm glad to see the notebook that's already out and ready. <laughs> 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 I'm going to take voice notes as well. Like, remember that. Oh, voice notes as well. Okay, again, very technical now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Lily, you are uh, an international dating coach. Um, so basically, I was sort of thinking about that earlier, and that essentially, so it's your job to turn happily single men into unhappily married men. That's that's your job, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very interesting insight. So I don't know if you know that I'm actually a dating coach with a bit of a twist. Okay. So we can actually read people um, uh, better than the polygraph machine and profile people within six minutes or less using $30 million worth of government-backed research. Okay. Not your standard, uh, <laughs> your standard dating coach. <laughs> <Not Tinder. laughs> No. Yeah, so, no, so I did read that. I did read the, the on on the bio. I read the thirty million pounds worth of investment, but I did wonder what like what that was about. So, 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 all right. So, tell us the difference between your traditional mm-hmm. dating coach or service compared to what you guys do. So we we actually use cutting edge psychology. So we understand people's behaviors. We understand the way that people interact. And we also have a a way to understand if someone's compatible with someone or not. So we are probably, I think we're the only dating and relationship coach business out there that actually offers a meet the one guarantee. And with the psychology that we have in the background, we are able to match people as, as quickly as three weeks. Wow. Yeah, I'm in the so country for three weeks. I've got three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, this stuff works. Wow. Okay. How, how long have you been doing that? How long, is this, how long has this been going on for, this service? Yeah, three years. So, wow. um, and we've, we've been growing absolutely crazy, especially with like lockdown. I think everyone all of a sudden has appreciated connection so much more. And people yeah. hated the relationships they're in. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, I'm not speaking for anyone else in this part, but yeah, there's that. And then there's um, we talk a lot on this podcast about dating apps and mm. how they are so 
difficult to negotiate for the average man. Um, we did a, we did a podcast recently where we talked about the stats. I think it was from the Hinge app where it said the ten percent of men get all the all the action, and then the fifth the bottom fifty percent of men are left fighting over five percent of the women. It's like, <laughs> what are your odds? Yeah, and the scary thing is, and fifty-one percent of people are actually on dating apps already in relationships anyway. Really? Yeah. So, like, I almost like refer to online dating as like you know shopping in TK Match, um, at TK Max. You almost have to really rummage round to be able to find someone who's compatible. Yeah. Great, and who's, who's also ready for a relationship too. That's the biggest then, thing. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And I think so many people have struggled with it. I think everyone's kind of like teched out after, you know, lockdown and doing everything online. And um, I think that's put a lot of pressure on people to be able to just get out there and meet people and date. And yeah. that's, what, that's what we spoke about on our podcast. It was um, you get so comfortable just doing everything from your sofa, your, your bedroom, yes. your toilet, your car, wherever. Like that, that because it's so accessible that when you actually go out into the wide world, and now we can, it's almost like a school disco. You stood there looking at like the opposite sex, like, um, what do we do? Like, yeah. Do I, do I say hi, or should I just? Oh, my I friend fancies you. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like yeah. people have actually forgotten how to connect. Yeah. You know, it's like all of a sudden you put two people together and it's like, whoa, okay, you've got things like social anxiety going on. You've got the understanding the boundaries. Is it okay to approach someone? What's the best way to actually connect to someone? Are they even attracted to you in the first place? Or are you going to get rejected? <laughs> Which you're going to have to emotionally yeah. recover from as well. <laughs> well, first talked about that, didn't he? One of the lads we had on the podcast, he talked about it. He's a young guy. What was he, 22, 23? 23, yeah. Yeah, he was just <laughs> saying, like, you know, that's his biggest fear is the, is rejection. Like go, you just walking up to people and people be, almost being like, not offended that you've gone up, but like, oh, I don't know what I don't know what word he used, Tilly. But like, what was it? What was he saying? It was like it wasn't offended, but they're like scared that you like coming near them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that is it because because we spent what best part of two years, well, nearly two years now in this environment where everyone is stay at home, do everything at home. All of a sudden, like you said, Lily, you, you kind of forget how to interact. And then it's all playing in your mind. You're going, right, right, what do I do? Do I say hi or do I just leave with a joke? Do I buy him a drink? What do I do? And to the <laughs> point, it was more, well, if you put yourself out there, the fear of rejection is so high at the moment. Yeah. And now we're out and about and it's this time of year and everyone just wants to be, you know, in a couple. <clears throat> realistically because you want to go and do stuff and enjoy you know all the couple of things um <laughs> it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be mate don't worry <laughs> oh, is, there are a few little telltale signs that you can actually look out for when you're out and about if you wanted to go ahead and see if it's okay Tilly notes yeah get that notebook out you're ready <laughs> so a really simple one have a look at where their shoes are pointing so if someone's shoes pointing towards you it means they've already noticed you and they're actually open for you to come over to them 
So okay. that would be a really good sign. Um, uh, you can also do this in business and things like that as well. So you can find out who who is the decision maker by looking at the people around them and where their shoes pointing towards. So everyone's shoe would actually be pointing Point. towards the decision maker in the that group. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I'm gonna be walking around a club like. But this is the thing as well. People assume that you can only meet people in clubs as well. It's like this clubs and bars thing. That's like so freaking outdated. And like you said, you know, if you approach someone whilst you're out and about in that scenario, people are like, well, okay, why has this person brought me a drink? Because all these advertisings of like, you know, the date rate drugs and all these all Mm. these different things, people have become so skeptical and skeptical of receiving something that's nice hmm. so even when we think about love for example i remember putting a, a bit of a poll in in one of my facebook groups saying on the on something on the lines of is it easier to give or receive love and obviously loads of people put give and one person put give because receiving you don't know where that love's coming from Meaning, is it manipulative? Is it is yeah. from this genuine place? All these different things. So people have become so skeptical of people nowadays. Everything's questionable. Everything you do is <laughs> questionable. We look, we look for facts. On a night out, <clears throat> so recently, on a night out, you're out with your friends, and so this scenario is a group of girls, mm-hmm. a group of us guys, <clears throat> and a couple of the lads are like, again, the schoolboy. Oh, look at them! Look at them! Like this. And I, I'm the kind of person that goes, right, sod this. So I go over and I'm like, do you want to join us? And all the lads scatter. <laughs> and then I'm like, um, it's not just me, I promise. <laughs> it's not just me. But some of them are looking at you uh, a bit like, what are you doing coming over? And that, that gets my back up because I'm thinking, hang on, who put you above me to start with? Like, just calm your roll, like, chill out. I'm just coming over to see if you want to join us, if you want to drink. And it's that, I mean, I didn't even know which ways her shoes were pointing, probably inwards like this. <laughs> probably tapping the heels, actually, trying to get away. There's, so. there's a few things that you can do to improve your chances. So, like, okay, give me your, what's your best chat-up line as well? I want to know that before oh. I let, you know, let my secrets down. <laughs> I have to think about that. I don't really use it. Really? Oh, there you go. You've got to make some more notes in your notebook then. <laughs> Let me just get a bigger notebook. <laughs> he, he, no, he normally he normally tells them that he's Casper Schmeichel, the goalkeeper oh, from Leicester. You lot oh, really? <laughs> no, no. Oh, like, this dates back from the night out we had in Manchester. <laughs> they thought it was very funny to to say that because there was some similarity. Oh, no, I do not lead with yeah, I'm Casper Schmeichel. No. Okay, I was going to say, I can improve your uh, chances of meeting the one really quickly otherwise. Yeah, very good, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so silly things. Like, okay, if you're going to go ahead and approach people, there's a few things that are really, really important to be able to do. So, number one, where you speak from where is where you speak to. So, if you're speaking from a nervous place, you are going to literally bring that out in the other people that you're talking to. So, it's a little bit like if, um, if you've got someone who's really angry, and they talk to you, you're going to feel really angry all, to, all, all of a sudden. So yeah. it's really important to do that kind of like that little bit of a check-in. Are you in this confident place to begin with? The next thing is, have you ever heard of the eyebrow flash? 
No. Uh, I like the way your eyebrow just pinged though. That was brilliant. So, you know, okay, so you almost got it right. You got it half right. Both eyebrows need to come out together. So when you're approaching people, there's a psychological thing of when you flash your eyebrows up, you're basically saying, I recognize you. I'm safe to be around and I'd really like to connect with you. The nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it has this psychological effect because this is things, this is like stuff, you know, going back to kind of the caveman era, you know, you're basically saying, look, I'm safe to be around, you know me, you know, we're going to have a bit of a laugh. And what you're looking for is them doing it back to you. So if you flash your eyebrows and they do it back, you automatically know that they're open to having a conversation with you. And it's simple as that. Marco, okay, you're going to have to film the next night out because I'm just going to be walking around like <laughs> checking shoes out, flashing eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting though, isn't it? Because I, I always know, like, we, we, I always feel like women notice feet. Like women look at shoes uh, regularly, I think. But men, I don't think, often look at a woman's feet. Not unless it's you, no. <laughs> unless you've got a weird fetish. I don't walk around <laughs> looking at feet. Well, I was, was going to say, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. But, yeah, but it's about becoming more aware. Because what tends to happen, you know, we're talking about, like, not many people understand how to communicate and how to connect. Well, understanding body language and understanding that element is a little bit like going from a text message to something, a phone call to going to seeing someone in person. You've got all this extra information to be able to interact with. Yeah. So if you suddenly know that you can happily approach anyone with ease and have that confidence to strike up a conversation with just absolutely anyone, no matter what, how much more confident are you to be able to, you know, go up to someone and ask someone out? True, <clears throat> very yeah. true. We need yeah. Fez on here. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there's a few other things as well. So hands, hands can be a great one. What we tend to find is um, you want to show that you're not threatening. So make sure your hands aren't behind your back or, you know, hands somewhere where people can't see them because automatically that gets people's backs up because they're afraid of, okay, is this person dangerous? Is this person dangerous? So literally eyebrow flash, making sure your hands are visible at some sort of kind of thing. You don't kind of want to do jazz hands or anything like that because, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and that can be a really great way to, to sort of lead into that conversation. Yeah. Do, do, you, do, you, do you help, is it, is it men or women or both? I, I actually help both, yeah. Right. And so I guess you, you've got an interesting position then in, in helping men because you're also helping women. So therefore you must understand what the women want to, want to hear and how they want to be approached. Yeah, but this is the thing. I think this is where people get lost. You know, when I was talking about why we're so different from other relationship and dating coaching companies, it's because we actually allow people to be who they are. Yeah, it's none of this like say these 10 things to make them fall in love with you. Or it's not like the pickup artist industry. <laughs> Funny thing yeah. is, I actually um recently connected with Ross Jeffries, which is a whole nother conversation. 
Um, uh, but it's about being able to uh, be who you are and make that authentic connection with people. Because the funny thing is, most people are fed up with the one-night stands. And, and it's usually a bit of a cry out to help to be able to have that authentic connection with someone. People are fed up with the superficial, you know, relationships now. So, so how, how, how do you encourage somebody who is shy then? So someone who, so uh, again, I'm thinking, he's going to mention this quite a lot, but I'm thinking if there's someone who wouldn't ordinarily have the confidence to, to walk up to somebody and strike up a conversation, like how do you coach them out of that? Oh my gosh, that is, that's a fun process because it's not about the steps. It's not about saying, okay, you need to go and do this first. It's not like you have to go and do this, this, this. That is looking at their identity first mm. and that's the deeper work where it is that like you know that shy element you know coming from what's that stemming from and usually it comes from childhood so yeah. when we have a look at the years like between zero and seven years old we are creating our identity and the role that we play within our life so if you were the kid that was like the people pleaser, you know, like, oh, I'll make the cups of tea, I'll clean the table and this, that and the other, the chances are you're going to be like that within your friendships, you're going to be like that within your job, you're going to be like that in your relationship and probably end up in a relationship where you feel like you're taken for granted and you're going to feel resentful for being able to give so much. Um, let's say that you're the victim. You know, if you're the one who's like, you know, falling over as a kid and screaming out for attention, well, chances are you're going to be the one who's going to be telling the Jeremy Kyle kind of stories. <laughs> <laughs> Calling up your friends for a bit of sympathy to tell, you know, for them to basically say how bad your life is and probably end up in relationships which allow you to play out that story. You know, same with independence. If, you, if you've been praised up for being highly independent at school, you're probably going to be quite emotionally available in your relationships. You're probably going to be very, you know, <laughs> kind of the lone wolf when it comes to work. Um, friendship. So you might have a couple of close friends and that's about it. You know, yeah. it actually plays out on every single element of our lives. So for someone who's not got that much confidence, well, they probably don't have much confidence in their work. They probably don't have conf much confidence, confidence around their friends. Um, uh, and even with um, relationships, same thing again. And that can also play into, uh, you know, the masculine and feminine dynamic. So uh, I don't know if he's, you know, goes for women or men, but he'd probably go for more dominant partners because that's his way of being able to feel safe. Which is probably a fair assessment, isn't it? From what you were saying, <clears throat> he likes... Some a bit older. He's 23, so he likes ah, to okay. have an older woman. But again, I think it's more that almost some need to look after him. Yes. Almost. And but... this is where it becomes really toxic. Right, okay, yeah. Because what yeah. you actually want, when it comes to actually picking the, someone who's right for you, you want to pick an equal. And the reason I say that is as soon as you go um, uh, into a relationship where someone's not your equal, you end up in a parent-child dynamic. And you lose, you lose that sex drive, you lose the chemistry, you lose the passion. Because all of a sudden you've either got, you're either caring for someone or you feel really insecure of being in that relationship because you know you're not good enough. But as soon as you're in an, in an equal partnership, all of a sudden you both feel like you're respected. You feel like uh, you can rely on your partner. Like, oh, can you go and do this? Awesome. And you can work as a team. And that keeps that chemistry alive. That keeps that passion alive. Mm. 
and it keeps it keeps that dynamic and often when relationships lose their spark that's usually why it's the dynamic the dynamics gone into this kind of weird <laughs> parent-child dynamic usually and that's what tends to cause a relationship to go into something that's quite stale yeah i've written about that on a in a blog i did recently about becoming a team and how you know the chances of success in a relationship increase when you do become that that team and you get past that so i, I can't remember the stats but the, the, the statistic was it 70 percent of relationships don't last the first year or something something crazy like that yeah. um and it's like you know that first year love is blind isn't it so you you ignore you ignore all the the warning signs and the, the things where you know even your friends would say mm, i'm not quite sure about that but you don't you don't see it and then it's like 12 months later where you're like actually what am i doing yeah. <laughs> like a board isn't it it's that bubble we talk about <clears throat> you're in this happy bubble or honeymoon period <laughs> yeah exactly and it's, just, it's just like metal to the pedal you just live in life you're doing things that's not normal life yeah. lily is it so obviously the number one thing that whether people like to admit it or not, the number one thing that most people will look for in a relationship is looks when finding a partner. Mm -hmm. It's the number one. It is. You, no matter what people say, oh, no, I'm not into this. I'm into shut up. It's looks. Right. <laughs> Obviously, when you're matching people, you're not matching on looks. You're matching on something else. What 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 would you say the number one thing is that people should be looking at when they're picking a partner instead of what somebody looks like yeah so uh, i probably said the wrong words i don't actually match people i teach okay. people how to go and meet the one but okay. what i actually teach them is okay so there's four really important things when it comes to a healthy relationship so the first one's compatibility which i'll dive into in, in a sec We've got communication consideration mm -hmm. and collaboration what was the third one communication communication okay. there you go. <laughs> Or consideration. Consideration. Okay, consideration. And so what I teach people is, when it comes to meeting the right one, is compatibility to begin with. Because that's the difference between a short-term relationship or a long-term one. Because that's the equivalent of saying, right, okay, we're both going to go to this postcode, we're going to travel in this vehicle, we're going to listen to this music. And it's kind of like this, you know, the metaphorical life scenario for us. We're going to be, we're going to be heading in the right direction together. We're going to have similar life goals. We're going to have similar life rules, you know, we're going to have similar priorities. And that's really important to be able to carry out through a relationship. Because what tends to happen, the main killers of a relationship is, um, is trust, that being broken, or expectations not being fully met. Mm. And that can be hard to do when you've both had different childhoods, you've got different priorities and all these different things. So the more aligned you can get there, the less likely you're going to go through these elements of where you're going to have the, the trust broken or you're going to have the expectations broken yeah because we, we did it we did a recent podcast on on who cheats more men or women um and that was a really interesting conversation and actually the feedback we got after the podcast from both men and women was actually really positive and actually like we we talked a lot about so from a from a from a man's perspective um though often people often get into a relationship they'll be in for so long and then the intimacy side tends to 
to drop off. Um, but then, like, if you look at the rest of their life, so the family's great, pet kids are great, married, they get on well, the house is looked after, they get on, but they lack on the intimacy side. Yes. So you'll often find men that then go and seek that intimacy out. So they're not looking for another relationship because if their relationship other than that is good, but then that breaks the trust from the other person's side. But then surely there's got to be an element from coming back that you're not quite meeting the expectation that your partner has. Do you know what I mean? So basically, cheating is really interesting. So couples can actually get over this, and I've coached couples to actually get over their betrayal and cheating and things like that. What happens is usually, you know, you said that chemistry and that, mm. that intimacy suddenly goes. Well, that's the parent-child dynamic playing mm. around. So when people fall into that, let's say the, you know, whether it's the man or the woman that's that's gone into the child mode, they lose significance. So it's not intimacy that you're actually looking for. People are looking for when they're going into, you know, cheating or seeking other sexual partners. It's actually, I want to have something, someone which tells me I'm absolutely amazing. So whether it's amazing in bed, whether it's amazing physique or being attracted to, it's allowing you to feel like you're being put back on that pedestal. Sure. Yeah. So that's what people tend to seek when they go out and, and cheat or look for that, that connection elsewhere. We said about that, didn't we? We said it was more like <clears throat> you're you're almost looking. So again, from from the male's perspective, you you want to feel appreciated, you want to feel wanted, desired, lusted after. You want all of that, and <clears throat> a lot of women. So from the the podcast we've done, some of the feedback from women were, "What really? Like you you think like that?" And we're like, "Well, yeah. It's it's not one sided. Why should why should one person be made to feel?" like they're everything to that one individual when actually it's not reciprocated it's not yes. coming back so it's not a two-way thing is it exactly it's that level it's that level of communication that's really needed yeah, and this is you know, going back to this thing i was saying to begin most people don't know how to connect at that deep level and the other thing that tends to happen as well is uh, you, you might have heard about this but love languages mm-hmm Okay, they are super, super important to understand when it comes to relationships. So for those that don't really understand what love languages are, this is kind of looking at things like, um, you know, physical touch, looking at words of affirmation, looking at gifts, this kind of thing, and understanding what you actually need to be able to feel loved. Because what tends to happen is the way that we want to be loved is the way that we love our partners. So in my relationship, I I love physical touch and I love words of affirmation. So, you know, being told I'm amazing and this, that, and the other, I'm like, yeah, I can't get enough of that. So that's what I'll do to, to, to you know, to talk to my other half. Mm -hmm. He loves to do acts of service. So I'll be feeling, you know, naffed off at him that he hasn't told me that he loves me today, but he's brought me a load of cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's understanding, you know, the different levels of the way that we communicate our love, but also understanding how to meet each other's needs as well, because that's super important. Because if your needs aren't being met in a relationship, what's the bloody point? <laughs> yeah. do, you think do you think that's the cause of the sort of biggest breakdown as we get to that point where it's too late. So that communication part, it's too late. You, you go on, why have you done this? Why have you done that? Well, you haven't 
told me that you you fancy me, you love me, thank you for this, thank you for that. Like there's been nothing, it's just been silence. So then people get fed up, don't they? Yeah, and it's this level of, so you know I was talking about the four C's of a healthy relationship, so that communication piece. Sorry, the, you know, uh, compatibility, we've got communication. We've got the consideration of actually feeling considerate of each other, but this collaboration piece is really important. Mm -hmm. And this is a part of being a whole person, being responsible for your emotions, being responsible for your actions, being responsible for your life, your happiness, all these different things. Your partner doing the same and then working to get together to collaborate. The biggest breakdown in relationships is usually people are unhappy and they love to blame it on their partners. Mm. <laughs> and they have the str they struggle to be able to communicate, but they struggle to be able to understand themselves first. And, uh, you know, my the way I look at things is you can only connect to someone as deeply mm -hmm. as you are connected to yourself. Yeah. So if you're not connected to yourself and live in a life that you absolutely love, then you're going to really struggle to be happy whether you're single or in that relationship. Well, it's like the old, the old saying, isn't it? If, if you can't love yourself, how can you expect somebody else to love you? Yeah. And the funny thing is we teach people how to love us. You know, if we're being able to, okay, I'm putting myself first, doing this in my career, I'm doing this because, you know, the, the hobby that I love or whatever it might be, and being able to live from that place as well as enjoying a relationship, awesome. But what most people do is they go, oh, wow, we're in a relationship now. Everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> all the hobby, all this, we need to now be this uh, codependent. That is the, yeah. You know, we, we, take the, we take the piss out of lads, like getting a new relationship, and you're like, where have you been? Like you're dead to us now. Where have you been? Well, because my, off. my best mate, Andy, you met Andy the other day. Yeah. Um, and it's, this is actually no surprise because this is exactly what he did on holiday. He, he got married and then just disappeared off the face of the planet. Like you literally. Like metaphorically got married. He didn't... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying when he was married, he, when he was married, oh, he he on the last holiday. no, no, no. So when he was married, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Literally, you couldn't ring him, you couldn't call him, you couldn't see him. And then we went on holiday recently. He met a girl on like the first day, did exactly the same thing, oh, just left us for the whole holiday. Uh -huh. <laughs> so yeah, but but I know so many, so many lads that do that. They get in relationship and they just gone. They're not, they're not themselves anymore, and I think that then builds up. And I've used it as an excuse before, you know, uh, I'm not being me anymore. I've lost well, me. The worst for me is when guy when guys, you know, like you, you've got, you know, your mate, right? I know you, AD, right? But if you weren't you around your partner and you was like a different person, I'd just be like, that's so weird. But I know so many guys that when they're around them, when they're around their other, their, their significant other, they're just a completely different person. You're yeah. like, who is who is this guy playing a role <laughs> yeah yes and yeah. that is a whole other psychological issue that tends to come up and what that is is someone who <laughs> i think of the right way to put this someone who literally doesn't know who they are and what i mean by that you, you put it beautifully they play a role and when I speak to these type of people, I say, okay, so does it feel like there's almost two versions of you within you? The, the version of that people expect you to be and mm. the background version of you that's kind of screaming out that you muffle out. 
So what tends to happen is they look to go ahead and please people. So as soon as they go into a relationship, they try to become the perfect partner yeah. and lose themselves in the process and also feel really resentful in the process as well. They, they It's usually, I don't know how deep you want to go with this stuff. Let's go. Dive. So, okay, do, do you want to know what it actually all is? So this is something that actually is something called mother enmeshment. And what this actually is, is when uh, it happens particularly for men in particular, and it's when a young child doesn't have the space to be able to be themselves and they've had to be the emotional crutch for their mothers. So what they do is they seek out those relationships where they have to be able to be the emotional crutch for their partner as well. So it's not, they're almost like the external hard drive to their partners versus being their own person. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. almost, when you work with someone like that, you're building up their identity. You almost yeah. find out, okay, you know, the depth of who they are and almost allowing them to integrate back into their bodies. It's a pretty deep process. It, you know, but it, it, on that on that identity part, it also works the opposite way. Like, so I don't know if you remember this, AD, but you're, you know, uh, you know, your glorious wedding in Texas that we went to. Hang on. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, would well, you remember, remember when Dan came? Dan yeah, came yeah. with his what is then what is well, he's still wife but yeah. his new wife at the time so our friend we've got a mutual friend from the uk he's married an american lady and it was the first time i'd met her and it was the first time you'd met her as well yeah. and she came in i was stood with you at the bar he came in came over hi mate and she was like oh hi uh, lovely to meet you blah, blah, blah. she was the nicest pie chatting away and then she went oh i'm just going to go to the bathroom i don't know if you remember this she went i'm just going to go to the bathroom and she walked off and he went, I don't know who the fuck that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know who I that is, that. but that yeah. is not her. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And he, she just played that. this whole act of like this super nice, friendly, you know, woman. Like, and he was just like, do that though? like, you know, when we hear people say, oh, you know, social, social media, like, we, mm. we talk a lot about social media. Yeah. And, you can portray whatever lifestyle you want to be leading in here online for people to be jealous. And when you start trying to live up to other people's lifestyle online, you're thinking, oh, I want that. I want to do this. Like, oh, I'm never going to be good enough. Then what you find out is actually their home life or personal life is, is utter shit. It's, it's just falling apart. So they escape yeah. this like virtual reality almost of I'm going to create this world and escape that but then that has the knock-on effect because then when you get to know that person you think hang on a minute <laughs> this isn't the same person that i've seen all these posts about you know you get somebody posting about their family all the time and then all of a sudden they turn out not to be very family orientated it's it's very social media has a lot to answer for it, it is like, like you said earlier it's it's portraying an image that you you think you want the world to see rather than actually what you are. Mm -hmm. And this, I think there's very few people in this world that are true to who they actually are. Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it's very that's, few. But that's the thing. Everyone does. 
Yeah. And um, a part of the work, work we do as, as a company, and this is why I partnered up with uh, Chase Hughes uh, within business around the behavioral profiling, is that we can actually read people within six minutes. And a part of that process is removing their social mask so we can actually see who the person is underneath. Because as soon as we understand that person and what drives them and what their needs and fears are, we understand their behavior. And if we understand two people's behavior, we understand how compatible they are. So, and, and the thing is as well, is with the masks, the social masks that people wear, it's not necessarily a good thing or bad thing because it's a level of protection that people need. Plus we are all different around different people. Sure. You, know, you won't get the same version of uh, you on a night out around your family. For example, we're pretty not, not, not different, different on the right word, but what you see, and this is why me and Marco get on so well is because what you see with us is what you get. So mm -hmm. I, my social media is all me and my son and not in social media world. It's all me and my son. Yeah. Like that's how I live my life. And yeah. th there's no like hidden agenda. And this is what really annoys me when, so I am single and I'm, I'm trying to meet someone. I'm like, there's, there's no surprise when you say, Oh yeah, I've got, a, I've got a young kid. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've been stalking me, <laughs> you will see I've got a young kid. And then it almost froze people and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I did see that. And you think, well, why is it all changed? How did you miss it? Yeah, why is it all changed? Yeah, exactly. Every picture is probably me and my boy or there's something Aww. going on. And it's it, 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 it irritates me that you can be chatting to someone and you do this whole talking stage phase, whatever you want to call it now. Mm-hmm. And then it's only like after a week or two, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't make this because I've, I'm doing this with my boy and oh okay so you haven't really got time that was never that was never not said yeah. and it's always like i don't i don't know where it where it all comes from um because like i said what you see is definitely what you get so there's two things i've noticed that that pop up there so number one do you actually know who's right for you <clears throat> no. i can answer that no. and that and that's one of the problems because, you know, if you don't know who's right for you, how on earth are you going to go and bloody find them or recognize mm -hmm. them? He's hoping they just drop out of the sky. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, how are you communicating that? Because what people tend to think is like, okay, if we turn around and say, I can't see you that weekend and we end it there, regardless of whether you're saying, okay, you've got your boy that weekend or not, People think, okay, I am being rejected and they take it personally. Mm. So following that up with, can't do this weekend because I've got a boy, but what's your, week look, what's your week looking like? Because that opens it back up. That says, look, I really want to see you. I'm just busy that evening. And that's where people tend to go wrong. What, what, how does it, what advice would you say, so, uh, I guess to AD here then, I suppose, because, <laughs> you know, people because you know you just said it's important for him to for him to find what he that somebody he needs to understand what he wants so what 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 advice do you give to people then to to, to figure what? that out to, how, to yeah, figure that out i've actually got a free compatibility matrix that people can download 
So definitely go, definitely go and check that out. It's, it's on the website. But there's a few different areas that are super, super important. Okay, super important. So first off, what are your goals when it comes to relationship? Are you looking to have more kids? Are you looking to live in a certain part of the country? Are you um, uh, looking to, I don't know, travel the world in 90 days? It doesn't really freaking matter. It's understanding who's going to be able to grow with you and that's a real that's an awesome sign of a healthy relationship where you can grow together because the moment you're in a relationship where you're almost feeling restricted it's not going to work it's not going to last and you're going to resent each other by the end of it this is why I hate the word compromise in a relationship I don't agree with it I prefer the collaboration because if you work together to find out what's best for the relationship awesome the other thing is if I said, okay, I want you to literally chat about something for two, three hours, you know, what's the thing that you could talk passionate, passionately about for that level of time without changing the subject? So, okay, let, let's say that, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts, fine. You know, it's finding someone who's also loves freaking food. Mm -hmm. you know it can share that interest with you because the moment we find something where we've got that commonality or well, the funny thing is that also feeds into the belief system the way we prioritize things and all these different bits and pieces so for example my partner and i we both love psychology we we happily sit there and people watch we've watched programs like um have you seen um would I lie to you? We'll actually do it. You know, we'll actually challenge each other to say, okay, who's telling the lie or not using behavioral profiling? Great fun. Um, <laughs> especially after a couple of bottles of wine. Um, so it's finding those commonalities where you can enjoy each other's company and enjoy each other's interests because you get the best out of each other then. So yeah, I, I would say that me and my wife are the complete opposite. Uh -huh. We have no shared interests other than our son. Um, so nothing. What do you both prioritize. If I was going to say to you, what do you both prioritize? <laughs> I can answer. Your Leo, my son. Done. Okay. What else? Nothing. So They'll definitely be. Common. How long have you been together? Two. Uh, Fourteen years. <laughs> Two. Fourteen years. <laughs> Two. Oh dear. So okay. So you've got your son together. What What was the things that really drew you both together in the first place? looks were a big thing yeah of okay. course um <laughs> so i was going to say okay the way that you live life together what are your life rules because there'd even things like that that would probably be in alignment you know do you say please and thank you to people do you yeah. uh, believe in that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna touch a really dodgy subject here you know, vaccinated or non-vaccinated, are you both on the same side? No, <laughs> no, completely opposite. Honestly, so I'm, really? I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. She's read something on Facebook that says that she shouldn't be. Uh huh. So, cool. so yeah, but so we've had arguments about that for sure. Yeah, so it's looking for that alignment there. So I'd say definitely check out the, the matrix because you'll probably find there'll be a few areas that you would be on, be on um, the same side with. So, so I, I put it like this with me and her. We grew up completely differently. Like she was 
and I tell this to her face, it's not that she was born with a silver spoon in a is it upper arse or in a mouth? I never <laughs> no, remember no. that saying. Is it... I can tell where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> silver spoon up her arse. Yeah. She was born with a silver spoon. Um you never really wanted for anything. Whereas I was completely the opposite. You know, I fought and I've crawled and fought for everything I've ever ever got, worked hard for it and you know, got we've got a good life now, but it's not been easy. Um, I, I, we come at parenting from two very different, two very different angles, but we all always ultimately end up at the same goal. Yes. But we come at it very different. We come at it very differently, yeah, and I think we that we treat our life like that. Our life is also very different, but we probably come together at a certain point. And it's, it's coming back to that collaboration piece. If you work well together, even if you're coming from two different angles, you know, it's more about the intention of what you're working towards as a couple. Sure. And if you can do that well together, freaking awesome. And what you'd find as well, so you know our individual strengths and weaknesses? Well, that would be the strengths and weaknesses of the relationship as well. So you'll probably find that your strengths will work really well together and your weaknesses actually work really well together as well. So if you complement each other in those areas too, that can make a really solid relationship. So, so do you mean, so my strengths are her weaknesses. So I don't do the washing, she loves to do it, that sort of thing. <laughs> Is that what you mean? Know, if you want to go that pedantic, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do, what, what do you What do you think of dating apps? <laughs> well, <laughs> is that was that tea in there? Is that wine? <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> but <sighs> dating apps, great if you know how to use them. Most people don't know how to use them. And what I mean by that is silly things like setting up your dating profile. I had one client who said, oh, gosh, I'm going through like, a, you know, a rubbish time on online dating. I said, right, okay, so talk to me about your profile. Oh, well, my friends put it together and it says that I enjoy a night out and this, that and the other. I was like, right, okay. Well, what do you want people to understand about you? Well, I love things like history. <laughs> it's like, right, why isn't that on your freaking profile? People are so scared to be able to represent who they really are. And they try to become the perfect person that everyone would want to match with. And then yeah. they get frustrated with all the how, you know, hey, how are you doing kind of messages, which they copy and paste to respond to. So that's one place where people go wrong. The other thing is that people don't know how to read a profile properly. So, and this is a it's whole... It's hard to read when you just... Right? <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing as well. Like, um, it's particularly important for men and women yeah. um, to understand how to do this. So you can avoid things like, you know, psychopathic relationships, which are a whole other ballgame. So, yeah. uh, I mean, for example, you know that, that TV presenter, I'm trying to remember her name now, that got acid thrown in her face. Um, I know what you mean. Piper, that's it, yeah. Piper, yeah. So, so she um, uh, only knew her boyfriend for two weeks at that point. Right. And then, and so it's really important to understand. So from a, a dating... Was that who did it? Was it a boyfriend that did it? Yeah. Well, it, he, he hired someone to do that to her. Pussy, he couldn't even do it himself. 
<laughs> but this is a yeah psychopaths of a whole different ball game so for me i was actually stuck i was stalked for five years by a, a psychopathic narcissist really so it's yeah you don't want to play around with them but you can see whether someone's a psychopath or a narcissist from either their profile pictures or their messages and that's okay. train people to go ahead and do as so, well so what are the warning signs in the pictures then so, <laughs> do you know i wish it was that simple it just make everyone's life so much easier just have it in the bio i am a narcissist i've read <laughs> something there's, 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 there's certainly a few different things that you can check out so one of the main ones that you can look at is it's called i'm trying to think of the words now it's looking at the empathy on the face so, and it's, yeah, the emotional range. So what you do is you actually have a look. If they look like they're in a mugshot all the way through their profile pictures, where they're not really smiling, where it's not touching their eyes, that is a huge warning sign. Um, I've actually got someone on my team who uh, has worked, worked with the police and all these different things where he is able to deduce whether someone is a murderer, pedophile, and rapist, which is quite scary. I've actually got that out on my YouTube channel where he actually decoded a profile for me before I allowed him on my team because I wanted to see whether he was the real deal or not. So I found- And you can tell that just by what people write and people look like and- Yeah, yeah, go go and check it out. It's literally, you know, you can hear him talk for three minutes. What is, what's, the, what's that on? So uh, um, check out the Love With Intelligence YouTube channel. And it would be uh, it's something on the lines of decoding a murder or something like that. But check out the video. So I literally found the dating profile that had, you know, all the different things from his pictures, his bio, all these different things. Within just a few minutes, he came back to me, said, okay, this guy's a pedophile, he's this, he's that. And he'll talk through what he's actually seeing in that profile as well to be able to deduce that. And, and was he? Yeah, like, was it, absolutely it, right. I found that from an article. And uh, before the guy committed that crime, he had a clean criminal background, didn't even have a parking ticket on that. So, uh, and because that's the other thing, you know, people go ahead and do background checks. It's not enough. So if you're able to actually read someone to the point where you can understand what motivates their behavior, you're able to then understand whether that person's safe to be with, emotionally available, and also compatible with you. Which video sense. is that? I'm on your I'm on your thing now. Which video is it? <laughs> is it de is it decoding a murderer? It's I remember it's a real black looking video. Decoding a murderer. I'm gonna watch that later after this. Yeah, do it. Do I'm it. interested in that. Oh, I've got it, yeah. It's nine minutes. <laughs> okay. Save for later. There we go. We'll watch yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a reaction to it, actually. Yeah, yeah do it. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll do that. So what, yeah, that's interesting. What, when, you're, when you're reading a... Because obviously when people put a description and all this blob, but half the time it is just a load. You're reading it and you think... You just took that out of a book, because <laughs> like, yeah. what you're saying in this does not match your picture. Yes. Yeah, 
I enjoy long walks in the in the fields and reading books. And the pictures they're out raving or something. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Lord, I do. I'm, I look at people. So I, I'm I'm a crying a recruitment company. So I look at people's CVs all the time. I always go to the hobbies and stuff, and I'm like, there's no way. Like there's no way. <laughs> Some of the stuff that they put. Yeah, but it's even interesting seeing what they put down as their strengths or what they're looking to put forward, because even from that alone, you can see, um, uh, you know, what actually drives that person's behaviour and also LinkedIn profiles. We actually got taught how to read those where you can look at someone's face and find out the dominant side of that person. So if you were going to um, pitch to that person, you know which side to pitch from. And also uh, from their profile, you can find out what they really appreciate. So if you're talking to that part of what they really appreciate, it's going to land with them better. Yeah, we've been that ego, isn't it? That's yeah, the... yeah. And, and everyone has it, but everyone has different needs when it comes to the ego as well, which is really important to understand. Yeah, this very interesting. <laughs> it's an absolute minefield, absolute minefield to to find the one or find anybody and then when you drop all this in and the actual the theory behind it all it's just so now yeah. i'm going to be looking at pictures like hang on a minute i'm decoding this right now like, what are you on about i'll be looking at pictures now going nope no <laughs> <laughs> but this it kind of comes it comes back to this thing of like um tony robbins had this quote the quality of your life is down to the quality of your communication. And it's so freaking true because basically all this stuff is basically making sure that you're communicating to the right one. You're communicating in a way that really reaches people and being able to work together to build that relationship that suits both of you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's true. Like even in work, you know, I've, you know, I've had people leave teams. I've, ran in the past and they'll leave and you'll talk to them and they'll go I'll leave him because of this and you'll be like why didn't you tell me like, like why didn't you I could have sorted that like, I could have helped you out with this but you've just kept your head down scared to say anything and you've just gone and got yourself a new job that's the, that's the thing a lot of time people don't want confrontation do they yeah, they yeah. Don't want that confrontation. It's, it's down to self-worth and mm. you know when we when we have a look at identity so what tends to happen is our identity will create the story which creates the standards that we set for, sets for ourselves in our life, whether it comes to that job promotion, whether it comes to arguing our point, whether it comes to the type of relationships we end up in, which creates our reality of what we're living, which also feeds back to our identity. But what about people that create that identity out of thin air? You know, the Walter Mitty types. You can't. You can't make your identity out of... So that identity is literally created from the ages of zero and seven. No, but I, I mean like people that will, you know, sorry, not maybe not identity, but, but it is, I suppose, identity in a way because they create this whole backstory of things they've done and experiences they've lived or jobs they've had that just not true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they live this lie by telling people that they've done this or they've done that. Yeah, so that's understanding what's driving that behaviour. So if that was a child that's parents that really um, praised up achievements and things like that, and that was the only way that they got love, 
well, then that's what they're going to be doing externally. They're going to be over um, stating their achievements because they're looking for that love and healing that trauma cycle from people in that way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of looking at the things that makes that behavior completely obvious for them to go ahead and do. Have you profiled us? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to be blocked from all dating sites, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. That would, yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting right, to hear. for another episode then. <laughs> yeah. What did, you, what did you deduce in the six minutes? From six minutes. Okay, so. <laughs> you really want to go into this then? Yeah, hit us with it. Okay, so I can't tell you how, how I've done this, but I can share with you what I can see. So okay. if you love to be able to create an impact, the scariest thing for you is rejection or abandonment. Um, uh, and then, Addy, you love when people approve of you. And you hate it if someone dismisses you or disapproves of you. Mm. See, <laughs> see, I would argue with that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, at that, I'm at that age where yeah and, and that's the thing most you know, I, I think I'm the happiest I've been in years because I I genuinely don't care what people think like, so and it comes across so when I'm out recently I went on a night out and somebody said to me they actually found it attractive that I was just me I was having banter, like anyone who knows me, you know, I'll have a laugh, I'll have a joke, <clears throat> I can take things serious, but I'm always making sure that everyone's happy, everyone's comfortable. There you go, making sure that everyone's happy. Yeah. And people who do that seek that level of approval, even if it's on a microscopic level, because you can see that you're really secure in your identity. Anyone, anyone can see that. But it's having that awareness of what's going to allow you to, to feel good when it comes to connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Because if that wasn't there, we wouldn't be driven for connection. And that's a biological thing. And this is the thing where the, <laughs> this is the thing when it's like, oh, people ask me, okay, what do I see? This is where it becomes really difficult for people to look inwards because we're talking about their identity. And that's the thing that we protect. That's the thing that we don't want to share with everyone. People, people, do you think, do you find that people don't recognize when, so you like, you, you could go this, 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 you, people go, nah, yeah. nah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the funny thing is when you start to realize that now, and you look at the kind of interactions of people that allowed you to feel good, you'll notice that leave a talk to your need of making an impact and feeling and feeling good and being told, wow, you've made an amazing job with this. You've done an awesome job with this. Wow, thank you so much for putting me in this job. <laughs> to, um, you know, whether it's Addy, like in relationships, being able to say, oh, do you know what? You know, I really appreciate you. You do such an amazing job in this, in, in this area, whatever it might be. It's having that level of appreciation and approval. So it's looking at what drives our behavior. And the funny thing is, the clearer we get on that as well, it's harder to be manipulated. And this is one of the reasons why I actually get people to learn this, because it's not just about going into healthy relationships, it's also yeah. avoiding those unhealthy ones as well. I was talking to Adi about this, ex this experiment a while back. Maybe you've, you've seen, have you seen the experiment where you draw the cue on your, on your forehead? Have you seen that? It was, it was a draw, draw a cue on your forehead. Yeah, so it was. I was watching this video, and it was a psychologist. I can't remember. It was on YouTube. It was telling about how 
and it basically like if so if you draw a q like with your finger on your forehead right. capital a capital q and it was like how how did you draw it did you draw it so it was a q to me or it was a q for you so if you're looking at me and it's supposed to tell you whether or not you're subconsciously trying to project outwards what you think people want to see or you're happy in your own you just do it you're just doing it for you <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah I'll, I'll have a look into that one i'm, I'm not yeah, so you've I learned something new that. today. There you go. Yeah. Welcome. Drawing okay. <laughs> cues on your forehead all day. Yeah. No, I heard that. I just thought it was quite interesting. Because when I did it, I did it so I could see it. And think, Ada, you and you did it. You did it so I could see your cue. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many realms to. Well, psychology is how an interesting we, topic in yeah, it. It's, exactly. uh, how, how we read people, body language, obviously, is a massive thing. Um, and I, I, do you know what? I, I think not enough people pick up on body language, especially out and about socially, whether it's nights out, whether it's dinner, whether it's having a coffee, going to the shop, whatever. Sometimes you, you have to know when to go, okay, right, I'll just leave that person to it yeah. because they, they, they're not... They're not either in a place to accept anything or willing to. And you want to hear a last tip then on how to, how to, you know, see if someone's fully engaged and open to have a conversation or not. Go on. Blink rate. So the <laughs> <laughs> Blink so, rate. Yeah. So what we're looking for with blink rate, on average, people will blink 12 <laughs> times per minute. If they are super interested, that blink rate can go as slow as four blinks per minute. So if someone's not interested at all, they're going to be blinking a lot. They're going to be looking around a bit. If you're suddenly talking about the football match with a girl on a date and that blink rate goes up, change the bloody subject. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where people need to understand, okay, if you if you see that, call, ask them a question about themselves. Ask them, an, and when I say ask a question, ask something that's, an open question and what i mean by that is asking how asking what asking where asking who never ask the question why because that's a great question to shut someone down on and never ask a question that will get you a sort of a yes or a no answer because otherwise you're just going to be talking and it's going to feel like hard work <laughs> yeah we've all we've all had conversations like that oh yes you've got churching modern dog all the time you're like yeah. yeah. Sometimes you have chats with some people, and it is like pulling teeth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's tough. <laughs> I, I said this on the, that previous podcast. I, I don't even know if I could be bothered. Like, if if we ever broke up, I, I just don't even know if I could be bothered getting into the world of online dating and doing all that sort of stuff. I just no. I just I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I'm gonna end up <laughs> single and alone forever. <laughs> Oh dear. On a happy note. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. You, you can't end it like that, Mark. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm going to take note definitely, um, and I'm going to do that compatibility 
Uh, yes, yeah, so Lily, where, where can we find you? Obviously, you've mentioned the YouTube, so Love with Intelligence. Where can, where can we find? Yeah, so check out our website. It's lovewithintelligence.com. And the compatibility guide is in the Meet the One guide. So go and check that. It's like 15 pages of all different things to check out when meeting someone who is right for you. I'm going to do that compatibility test. <laughs> and I'm going to get my wife oh my. to do it to see if it matches. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> And I'm going to pack, around I'm gonna pack a bags, and depending on how it turns out. <laughs> no, don't pack a bags. No. Listen, Lily, it's been great speaking to you. Appreciate you coming on. You're, yeah, you're, you're actually only the second female we've had on the podcast. Really? So, yeah. So, wow. uh, well, so yeah, we are it's looking to be a little bit more diverse. As well, isn't it? What, what was that? Sorry. It's rare we get people from the UK. Yeah, the UK as well. Yeah, it's mostly the US or Canada. Um, but I think that comes down to, without going into it again. I just think that comes down to British people are less less open to sharing and sharing their emotion and how they feel. Whereas the Americans just love to tell us. Yes. <laughs> what are you looking for? Is they love drama. That's what you're looking for. It's <laughs> all the TV shows are on. But no, thank you very much, Lily, for your time. No, thank no, you. Appreciate you coming on. Good speaking to you. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you again soon. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lily.